Welcome to Do You Know Who You Are? This is episode 51. It's been five months since I've done a podcast episode. Been very busy. Big thing was is that Hope and I got married back in November. My family got flooded out in Houston. And lots of other things have been going on to where, especially with the holidays, to where it's been very difficult to just sit down and have a conversation with anybody. Not that I'm complaining. It's just more of a matter of it was a good time to take a little break from podcasting. And now that it's 2018, it's nice to get back into the swing of things. And so if it sounds a little different, that's because we're deciding to now do it frankly, in, the, in the, uh, the dining area of the house instead of one of the bedrooms. So if there's a little bit of an echo, that's, that's what's going on. So my first guest of 2018 is someone that I was on his podcast late last year. And the funny thing is, is we have a lot of uh, coincidences in our, we've, we've kind of like intersected in our lives over the, over the like the last 15 years or something, but as far as like sitting down and having a conversation, this is really our second conversation. Um, he is a local musician. He plays in a band called Partaker. He used to be in a band called Broadcast C. He does this podcast called Squirreling, and his name is Sterling Cash. How are you doing this afternoon? Good, man. We're live. <laughs> and we are. Yes. Oh man, yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. it's it was fun because it was like I think the last podcast I did was your podcast. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, let's have you on my podcast. Hell and, yeah. And and I'm I I guess I'm gonna be on your podcast again sometime this year. Anytime. Because I got man, I got plenty of stories to share with you. I don't yeah. want it to like overlap with what we're gonna talk about today. I so. did see you post pictures of Kevin Smith since you shit, <laughs> and I was like, man, that's fucking <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Because I know we were talking about that and. The dude is so like uh such a good like guy. Yeah. And he interacts with his fans and that's cool he, that he's like, "Hey." And I'm pretty sure it is him. It's not just like, you know, an assistant that uh you know, gets on his Twitter account or on his Facebook page. I yeah. I think he's does all the interacting. I'm pretty sure. I know his, I know Jay Muse's wife is his assistant. Yes. And so I think you know, I'm pretty sure like anytime I hear him talk, yeah. if she tells him something like he's interacting with it, his stories about them doing like the star like bus like tours. Yeah. And he'll be outside his house and then he'll just be like, hey, yeah. hey, and his <laughs> wife will be like, fuck, why the fuck do you do that? And he's just like, hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> hey I'm living in Ben Affleck's old house. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. Harvey Weinstein has been at this house before. <laughs> Oh, all right, Sterling. I just have questions for you because yeah. you know the 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 general topic of this podcast is like, do you know who you are? Of course, you know who you are. But yeah. I have questions about like, where are you from? I did, did you grow up in the Dallas area? Yeah, I grew what, up. What's in, your story? Uh, I grew up in Irving. Okay, South Irving, the crooked eye, <laughs> uh, scenic South Irving. Oh boy, uh, rough. Um, Grew up in South Irving, uh, lived with like my grandfather most of my life. Mm -hmm. And then at a certain point, I became a teenager and my grandfather's like, look, I can't teach you how to be a teenager <laughs> nowadays. Yeah. Like, you know, like back when I was a teenager, like people weren't fucking, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, they waited until marriage. Exactly. So he's <laughs> like, I can't teach you these things. You need to move in with your dad. Uh. So I moved in with my dad. 
and I uh, lived with him. And my dad is more of like a guy that you're cool with and hang out with. Like, yeah. you know, he's not like, hey, you uh, need to be back at this time. Right. He was the, kind of the guy that was like, if you want to get drunk, just like try to do it here. So yeah. that way you don't get in trouble. Right. I was like, cool. Uh, and that actually caused me to be like a really uh, like chill dude and not go <laughs> yeah. like real wild you yeah. know like i sure i did some like lsd and crap like that you know but you know i remember i just like smoke weed and listen to pink floyd in my uh in my room real loud yeah. and my dad knew what was up you know yeah. i was like oh this guy's uh he's high i'm just gonna <laughs> let him ride it out you know <laughs> so it was you know that's kind of that's kind of my my short like growing up and things like that yeah but, yeah would you say it was an okay childhood living in Irving or you're like, man, I want to move out of here? Um, I, I hated it. <laughs> okay. So for one, there's a couple reasons why I hated it. One was in high school, I was known for something that no one knows me for now. I was a, a star athlete ah. in high school. I was a baseball player and I don't, I was doing it my whole life. And at one point, like I was going to go to college and I planned to like really take it far. And then, uh, then I got, I was always really into music, but then just like I had two friends who played in a punk band that was, it was an awful band, (laughs) but they were doing it. Yeah. And that was the first time I'd ever realized like I can do that too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to play, but they don't play very well. Right. Uh, I can learn to get to at least that level mm-hmm. in maybe like a year and I can do this. So mm-hmm. I kind of did that. And then another reason is I like, I don't uh, like me, me and my mom don't talk at all. So mm. it was kind of like rough and it's <laughs> to this day, it's, yeah. st- it's still rough, but sure. But you know, other than that, you know, all that stuff like really helped shape me and shape actually my musical taste, Yeah, know, which is cool. Would you say I was always kind of more open-minded about music? Yeah, but I always tended, I always would tend to steer myself towards like dark, dissonant, aggressive. Yeah. You know, I wanted it to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so punk was like, like perfect. Yeah. Uh, this has been waiting for me my oh, whole life. Yeah, most definitely. Like it started off like buying like, you know, I would listen to like Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. And and I was like, "Whoa, it's cool that they're mixing politics and music." And mm-hmm. you know, then you kind of like listen back to Pink Floyd and they're like, "Whoa, well they were doing it too. I just didn't notice it, yeah. you know." Um and uh yeah, my mindset really changed. I had a group of friends that I really wouldn't consider like friends in high school they were just like oh string plays baseball we'll hang out they were there they were there both trying to get through high school (laughs) yeah but these two guys that were into punk rock really helped you know me you know become confident and just wanting to play and then and i'm still friends with them to to this day they're the only guys i'm still friends with from high school really the interesting thing about playing punk rock is that it's not about how well you play it but just that you play with some confidence mhm yeah anyone i have always i always preach that i could think you're an amazing guitarist and you're not shredding like johnny winter yeah well let's be honest who 
no one can really shred Johnny Winter was only one like that's there was only one Johnny Winter but <laughs> you could play just power chords but how creative you were with it was where I was like whoa they're amazing you know yeah. it's like writing if you're a creative writer your vocabulary may not be way out there and you not, may not be like trying to confuse people with how verbose or how grand your vocabulary is but right. if you're a good storyteller it's creativity you know? mm-hmm. so that's how I kind of always viewed it yeah and uh you know, and since since then, um, you know, I've seen different kind of transformations of like the punk rock scene. When I got in it, it was like real open arms. I wore khakis and like blank shirts. I'm a yeah. huge like blank shirt guy, except for this shirt I'm wearing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like huge goon fan, so yeah. I like I got this in a hockey jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I uh, I'm like, I, it was just so welcoming, like. Hey, yeah. I I'm a I have a fucking mohawk and wear size forty pants, but I'm a size thirty, yeah. and I put this belt on, and you know, and I I fucking look like trash or whatever. But right. you don't look like us, but you're into it, right? And it was awesome, mm-hmm. and that's what got me like, oh man, this is like family because I came from a fucked up family, so I was like, dude, this is like family right here, yeah. and uh, it was just crazy because. I've seen it kind of morph and change into like family into like like clusters or like you know these like small like niches mm-hmm. and then like people talking shit on each other yada 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 and it was like uh, it was like last year I was thinking I was like man you know I should just like I, I I'm going to try to like talk to more people yeah you know and try to make these connections mm-hmm. at least here locally yeah so maybe we don't have that anymore right you know i do a little bit to maybe we don't have that maybe we have people you know who play dark wave music but they're coming to like rock you sure. know show or or whatever and i also made a thing i also made a promise that i would never say a band sucks anymore i'll just be like they're not good at their instruments right. but, or something like that, but I'll never say they suck because to someone they may be good mm-hmm. and that's not the point of what we're doing. It's like a community. So sure. I just decided I'm not going to do that anymore. And if I don't like something, it doesn't mean it sucks. You yeah. Know? It's so, just not for you. you exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it seems like there's all kinds of music for all kinds of people. Oh and, Yeah. And that's that's very reflective about how people write about music. Mm-hmm. That something that people have noticed in the last, like the last five years, is that not a lot of people have really negative things to say. It's just more of like, um, hey, it's just not for me. Because there'll be somebody else that'll be like, this is the greatest music out there. Yeah, exactly. I was like, all right, man, cool. You know, it it makes me happy that I'm not writing album reviews anymore. Uh, you know that. You know what's what's weird about that is the fact that like you, if if that's your job, you know, like yeah. hey, I, I got to write album reviews. You're just getting hammered with all these new albums coming out all yes. day, and now you have to look at them as as a you got to look at them like subjectively. You know, yeah. it's like okay, so they're doing this. I got to like. You're trying to put a, aside your bias to give like an honest like, and it's, I man, I, that's one reason why I couldn't record bands because I was like, if I didn't like a band, I'd just be like, guys, I can't do it. Yeah, and they're like, why? Wow, I'm not into it. You know, 
So I, I couldn't imagine having to write a well, review. What I have tried to be polite about in dealing with publicists is that, um, well, if I if I am interested, you'll hear back from me like immediately. But if I'm not, don't send me seven emails. Yeah, just want to follow up because my thought is is that you should find somebody who's enthusiastic about writing about your band. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the more you pester a writer, the less a writer wants to do anything with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's how I take it as a freelance writer. Yeah. But, um, you know, I know that people have more of an appetite to listen to brand new music every day. I am up for listening to new music to a point. I mean, in my car, I have been listening to this. I listen to like the same CD. Yes, I still listen to CDs in my car. Yeah. Um, same CD for a week. And it's a record I've been listening to a lot since it came out last fall. Which, which album? It, his name is Matt Hammond. The album is called Silver Suitcase. He was a founding member of Mineral. He's not listed on Wikipedia for some uh, okay, reason. Okay, I gotcha. But he was a founding member of Mineral, founding member of the Gloria record. He played with Bob Mould on the Last Dog and Pony show. Wait, so he's not listed, but he's a founding member of both Mineral and Gloria records. Correct. So at one point he was out of Mineral. Yeah. And uh, then he was like, and then they're like, hey, let's start a uh, Gloria record. And then he's like, okay, I'm back. Yeah. And it's just like no mention. That's yeah. Weird. Yeah. He had, he had started the first lineup of the Gloria record. And then Bob Mould calls and is like, yeah, I'm going to do one last rock record. You know anybody? <laughs> He's like, oh, me, 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 me. Yeah. And, and Matt's got this wonderful story and the record's really good. And my recommendation to people, it's like if you like Mineral, Gloria Record, and Bob Mould's Last Dog and Pony show, then I highly recommend that hmm. record. But I just can't get enough of that record. Yeah. And like Tiny Moving Parts, they put out a brand new record yesterday. And I'm so pumped for it. It's just I... It's just a little weird just listening to stuff off of my phone because they're going to be playing here next month and uh-huh. I'm going to buy the record and yeah. you know talk to the band about the next book. Yes. Oh, you're well, going to do another book? Yeah, there's Hell another book. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> there's another book, y'all. Um, but it's like I'm waiting to get the digital download so I can burn it onto a CD and then like listen to that CD over and over again. Yeah. Because funny enough, their last record, Celebrate, was one of the most played CDs in my car, even though it came out in 2016. Really? So, so yeah, that's that's my relationship with listening to new music. Is that I'm I'm up for it. Yeah. It's just if I like stop listening to old Pearl Jam records or face to face or strung out, then I'd be missing something. Gotcha. Because I mean, there's there's this kind of like unspoken pressure about if you write about music, you have to listen to new diverse music all the time. Let me tell you something. You just listen to what you want. And if yeah. if I'm just not feeling uh, a hip hop sparse folk band, I'm not feeling it. You know? Yeah. It's just sorry for your listeners. It, I smoke a robot. No, dick, it's so. it's all good. I mean, it's it's. <laughs> You're vaping. It's different than <laughs> I hate that. I it, do it's, it so much. It's, it's different than um, how would I put it? Uh, going to shows at Fitzgerald's in Houston growing up is that the smell of cigarettes. I, <laughs> whenever I smell it, and I don't smell it that often, yeah, I am immediately back at Fitzgerald's because yeah. what is it? The the scent is one of the strongest memory triggers. Yeah. So when I smell cigarettes, I'm like, oh my God, I'm right there. The only time that I would say that I can associate vaping with 
a a smell. So that's, I was at the double wide a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Somebody was vaping maple syrup Whoa. flavor, and I I just joked that I was thinking, man, I'm right back at my aunt Jackie's house because I think of like all the times that she would make pancakes or yeah. egos for me and my sister. It was my great aunt who lived in uh, Bel Air, the uh, suburb of Houston. Yeah. So I'm like, man, I'm right back there. But it was just such a strange thing about like maple syrup vape. <laughs> but anyway, but man, hopefully one day I I, I want to quit doing it. But it's just like I go so long without smoking cigarettes that I'm like, man, this is awesome. I feel great. You yeah. Know? You feel so. like Steven Dorff in those commercials. Oh, dude. Like <laughs> when he started doing it too, like those like blue cigarettes or whatever, it's just yeah. like, oh, man, now I feel like even more corny, you know? <laughs> oh, but well, it, it's something that people associate with douchiness. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not necessarily across the board. Yeah, if I if I'm out in public, I kind of try to hide the fact that I'm vaping. Like I may go in a corner and like you know yeah. try to blow it down or something, you know. Right. You know, but you're at a punk rock show and like everyone's like, oh look at that guy over there. Yeah. He's tattooed up and vaping. Yeah. <laughs> What's funny is when you go to concerts and as much as like they try to, uh, st- well, I've actually not seen this that often but like try to prevent people from smoking pot or smoking cigarettes i was at a, at at the toyota music factory the one like, in irving or yeah whatever. the, yeah, the yeah, new yeah. one and um there was a guy two people to my right and he was smoking pot the entire show and man apparently he was having a really good time because the pot smelled pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> because I, I barely got a contact high off it, but he was like, man, this is so amazing. Oh, my God. Wilco. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. I was there. I was I work right next there. And a buddy of mine recently was like, hey, I got two tickets to go see Ryan Adams. And, I, oh. and I, I'm not like a. Yeah. I'm not. I know of Ryan Adams' existence, yeah. and I know some of his songs, right? right. But I've never really like listened to him. And, all. and he was bought the ticket for a girl. The girl wasn't really talking to him, and he was like, "I don't want to waste it." I'm like, "I'm, I'll go, dude." Yeah. So I show up. Uh, so after I left the show, I will say I was a bigger fan. I am a bigger fan of Ryan Adams than when I walked in, right? Um, and I was like, I remember turning to my buddy Adam and being like. Not bad, man. Not bad. Now, yeah. some of it, mm, kind of like too soft. But he started the show with one, uh, like, I guess uh, the first song off his new record. Yeah. And I was like, I kind of I like this song. Yeah. Like, what's happening to me right now? Mm-hmm. And like, and it's all about like love and I'm going to miss you, babe. And yeah. like all this. And I was like, oh, fuck. I, I I don't think he's half bad. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a good show. It was same thing. Guy yeah. was smoking weed, and then I felt really bad for people who paid to go because there was just like girls just talking very loudly oh. the whole time. And oh my, that's such an unfortunate thing. And it's not yeah. just in Dallas. I mean, it's like when I put it out on Facebook, people who live in Fort Worth be like, "Oh my god, that's such a Dallas thing." And then friends of mine in Austin, Chicago, Cleveland are all like, yeah, the same thing happens at shows. And yeah. for some reason, it happens at shows that cost between 30 and $50. Correct. Yes. Because if 
you're paying like 10 bucks like to see our bands at the double wide yeah if you want to go out and talk you can just walk 10 feet and there's the big patio area Mm -hmm. but if you paid 500 dollars for a good seat to see the eagles you shut up yeah (laughs) and just watch but there's something about the 30 to 50 dollar one because um I noticed this. I'm slow in noticing this because when I watch a band, I'm like very transfixed on them. I'm not really aware of like anything else. But when I'm reviewing a show, I'll take note of like who's the crowd. Mm -hmm. Uh, Don't do what um, some writing style that I don't agree with. It's like, let's write about the crowd, not the band. I don't get that. That's weird. yeah, Yeah, you write about what people paid money to see. And so I saw Explosions in the Sky two years ago, mm-hmm. and I'd seen them many years ago, and they were fantastic then. This time, they were even more amazing. And, okay, I'll brag. I was hoping I were in a balcony seat. Okay. So we're looking down at thousands of people watching an instrumental band, and about half the audience was talking. And this was the headlining band. Yeah. The band that people paid money to see, and they're just talking. I'm like, what? <laughs> I think there becomes like an overlap of the avid music fan and then the just, I like what, you know, just a regular Joe Schmo fan, you know? Yeah. I think once you hit that price range, one, the one thing that all those bands have in common is their exposure level is a lot, it's a greater, let's yeah. say, because it's... Explosion in the sky. Oh, I really like that movie, Friday Night Lights. They did Texas the Forever, man. Yep, there you go. Uh, Ryan Adams. Ryan Adams has been around for fucking ever. Yeah. And, um, you know, his exposure level, not necessarily radio, but maybe college radio and things like that is going to be there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I, I think once you get to that level, um, you're mixing two crowds. Sure. It's yeah. like when Hatebreed plays. Yeah. You're mixing a new metal crowd, then you're mixing like straight up New York hardcore kids crowd. Yeah. And it becomes violent and the new metal crowd's like, what's going on? Why are they actually punching? <laughs> <laughs> you know? It yeah. is that thing, you know? So I, 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 I felt bad for Adam, but you know, I, I just remember I kept walking outside and be like, that's annoying. And it's annoying when the girls are like singing very high pitch next to you, you know, like, <laughs> uh, you know, it's like, ah, oh, dude, like, and I'm just trying to watch this. And the whole thing about taking selfies. Oh yeah. Bef- between sets. It's this whole thing of like, let's do a couple shot. Let's do a group shot. And it's all like they take it with the flash. So all that you really see are their faces. You don't really see the stage. Yeah, exactly. There are things that I just don't understand. It's like when Hope and I go to a show, let's just enjoy it together and watch. Yeah. I mean, we will occasionally take selfies but not be obnoxious about it because we're there to see the bands. Correct. And if there's a chance of, say, Spoon plays and we hang out with some of the band afterwards, then that's cool. And that's that's how we do it. Yeah. You know, but... uh, Yes. I, you know. Hey, Converge posted some. Oh, me? It was. Oh, Converge. yes. It yeah. was Converge. It I was saw Converge. this. Oh, my God. Go ahead. Yeah. It was just crazy that, like, 
they're about, they're starting a song like I was about to say they're starting a heavy song I'm like well that's <laughs> Which like one? Every, yeah uh, but they're starting a song some guy gets up there and just puts his arm around Jacob Bannon and is oh, like God. taking a selfie and they just stop and like what the fuck dude like yeah and that's a, that's one of the biggest issues I I have nowadays you know like granted I don't have to really ever see it because I'm paying ten bucks max to see a show uh, uh, population two hundred you know yeah. like max. You know, right. uh, and uh, it, I'm surrounded by people that are pretty much like-minded. But yeah. when I went to Ryan Adams, it was like that. And I remember he has Meniere's disease, and so yeah. he he kept he kept no, saying no flash like, photography, please. Yeah, and yeah. he he was like, "Fuck you guys for doing this and like all this." And I was like, "Man, that's that's fucked up." Like he tells you straight up, like they said before the show, "Hey, he has this problem. Don't do this," and then people are constantly still doing it <laughs> and i'm like that's that's the biggest disrespect yeah like, like fuck you you know yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. that's that's fucked it's, up it, it it's it's like oh jack white is saying on this tour it's like don't bring out your cell phones and it's like how are you going to tell people that are so accustomed to doing something to not do it for two hours it it you just can't do that with, um, you know, people that do that just without really even thinking. Yeah, I guess you could pull like a Dave Chappelle and like take people's phones up. You know, <laughs> that's that I I love that. Um, yeah. I do love that idea. My wife, my wife's guilty of it. She, I remember we were watching Samoth Race and uh, she was filming it, and for yeah. some reason she loves Samoth Race, but um. She was filming it, and I just remember the drummer just staring at her while he's drumming, like kind of like put your phone away. Yeah, and I was like, Sarah, put your phone away. She's like, but I, I want to take video of this. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Yeah, look, you know, just be in the now, you know, be yeah. in the now, like enjoy this. Because mm-hmm. uh, every time I see him, I, I don't, I just want to enjoy it and kind of feel like a euphoric feeling. Yeah. There has only been one time that I've taken video at a show, but it was a show in a garage, and it was a solo performer. Uh, it was, yeah. It was Ken Stringfellow playing in a garage in Hearst. It was like yeah. a secret show. And funny enough, he was playing like one of my favorite songs he did, he's done with the Posies, and it's a solo acoustic song on the on the Dear 23 record. Yeah. And there's you hear water in it, like rain, mm-hmm. and rain had been tapering off so it's like this perfect setup the acoustics are fine and i wasn't being obnoxious because everybody's sitting down nobody is in front of each other yeah so i just take this video and i was like hey this is a special thing to to share on youtube but if like i went to american airlines center and took video of rush how many times am I going to watch 45 seconds of them playing Spirit of Radio? Yeah. And chances are the audio is going to be all like that. And chances are you're going to, you can already see that on YouTube as is, you yeah. know, like capturing, like documenting a perfect, uh, like a perfect uh, event or a perfect happening. Um, like, especially like with you seeing that person play live and that yeah. going on. Like that's not going to be documented anywhere, but right. Rush is documented all. Of, they have DVDs and all sorts of shit. Yeah. Um. But like smaller bands, like I do like docu- the documenting of live shows, especially for like if a band I could never see. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so I I I, I didn't get to 
fully see them, but I got to see like footage of them playing, sure. and I love that. I do it all day. It's like me trying to explain to people about what was amazing. The still the best show I've ever seen was Fugazi at the Ridgely Theater in two thousand two or two thousand three. Yeah. I, I get the years mixed up, but you the audio is available through Discord. You can hear all the songs that they play. You mm. can hear Ian Mackay call out the woman standing next to me that pushed her way up, and he points at her, "Ma'am, you do not push people." You know all yeah. this and all that, but you you don't really get what it was like to be in that room. Yeah, and that's why it, just everything that I had heard about what a Fugazi show is—that's mm-hmm. what I got to experience, and it was just like. It's a little too hard to describe in words how amazing it was, but it is still the best show I've ever seen. Second best show I've seen was Converge at Club Dada. <laughs> that was pretty... That wasn't very very long ago, right? That was maybe five or six years ago at this point. Okay. And in the middle of it, the uh, Jake's mic kept breaking. Uh-huh. And so to fill the time, uh, Nate... Uh, oh, my God. I'm blanking on the rest of the band's name. Kurt... Yeah, Kurt Ballou and yeah. uh, oh, oh my God, I'm I'm I don't know the drummer's I'm name. I'm forgetting the drummer's yeah. name, and the internet is not working on my laptop. But um, they played uh, Linus and Lucy from the Peanuts. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, so I was like, man, this is amazing. And like, I talked to Jake before the show and after the show. Yeah, he's just this like really soft spoken, really nice guy. You know, I thank you so much for coming out. Yeah, he's he seems very, uh, you know, without me ever having a conversation with him, he seems just from what I've seen, uh, interview wise, he seems mm-hmm. very uh, genuine. Yes, and happy that what he's doing is being perceived well, mm-hmm. and and uh, and he's grateful for that. Yeah, and that's that's a that's a big thing because a lot of a lot of times, like once you get that, what we're doing is being uh, greatly appreciated. Okay, fuck yeah. everyone. Yeah, you know, like what? Yeah, um, yeah I have. Uh, I had a conversation with Kurt Blue one time. I saw I saw them in Austin. I've seen them twice. I've seen them with Coalesce. Mm. I went to see Coalesce. Wow. And uh, and then I saw him with. Uh, I don't know, insert band here. I can't remember. Yeah. But uh, the time I saw him in Austin was my first time. And after the show, I was wearing a uh, a cursive hoodie. Yeah. And uh, Kurt Ballou talked to me about cursive for like, I don't know, maybe five minutes or something. Yeah. And I was like, I really enjoyed you guys' set. I'm actually like not really a fan of metal mm-hmm. at all, but I, I like what you guys do. And he was like, oh, neither am I. I, you know, I was yeah. like, really? And he was like, yeah, yeah, no, I like the aggression of mm-hmm. it. But he's like, yeah, I, my, my, all my favorite music's not metal. Yeah. And I was like, oh, cool. You know, um, mm-hmm. sweet. So I was like, you know, you never know what, uh, what someone's into. And then, um, it was like years later, I saw an interview where he's talking about influences and then come to find out one of his biggest influences is also one of my biggest influences. And I was like, oh. Well, that makes sense of why he plays the guitar like he does. Because you go from what he does to what I do. If you just add a lot more distortion to what I do, it's not very far off. And so um, I was like, okay, um, 
that makes sense. We both draw from this this particular area. Yeah. And uh, that's when I kind of like got into, uh, you know, seeing what is influencing other, uh, this is funny, but metal bands, I'm always into what influenced them mm-hmm. to see if there's ever overlap. Oh, yeah. You know, I was like, oh, maybe maybe uh, they are into something that I would be into, but, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know about. I yada, would say the yada. most interesting bands are the not just metal bands, but the most interesting bands are the ones that are comfortable with showing diversity in their sound. Yeah. Converge really doesn't sound like anybody else. I know that there are a lot of, like, you know, younger bands that want to sound exactly like Converge. Yeah, but the great thing about um, I'll name drop. Yes, I interviewed Jake a number of years ago before that Club Dada show, mm-hmm. and uh, you know I I call him. Hey, this is Jake. Hey, man, how you doing? Yeah, and it was just such a soft spoken, nice yeah. guy. But we talked about Queen. Oh, I love I, Queen. I, yeah. I talked about what was the first record that you bought, and he said Queen, the game. And we talked about the album cover and crazy little thing called Love mm-hmm. was on that, and and just. People that are not afraid to say like, hey, I'm into non-metal stuff and yeah. I'm like really proud of this non-metal stuff. Because I think for decades it was this mentality that if you liked metal, that's all you listened to. Yeah. If you played in a metal band, you would only listen to metal. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I, I think... We're, we've turned kind of this page with like music being so easily available on the internet yeah. that people listen to all kinds of music. And frankly, it's great to have conversations with people that love Pantera, can talk about Kanye West, yeah. can talk about uh, Katy Perry. And it's not all weird like, oh, dude, you listen to that shit? Yeah. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> so just talking to the people in Converge, it's like, yeah, you're just... It, you got a wide variety of influences and you can kind of hear it in your sound. Like yeah. I could imagine there's a blues element to, sure. um, if you're playing any sort of metal, I can't, if you don't like blues, I don't, I think, I don't know how you can like metal, you know, it's well, weird. The metal comes partially from blues. Yeah. You know? Um, like that's, that's one of my favorite, like genres. Um, my favorite, the most, one of, one of the people who's influenced me a lot is Johnny Winter. Yeah. I get made fun of heavily for You're it. not gonna make I'm not gonna make fun of you <laughs> for liking Johnny Winter. But uh I'm like you gotta think about Johnny Winter was you know, it was around the time of Hendrix and all these other great blues players. The thing that he did better than all of them was his speed and his ability to play speed mixed with slide. Yeah. And he had a unique style and he would take these songs and, you know, when if he did like his rendition of Rock Me Baby or anything like that, it was like fucking like insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, so insane that I went and bought, I bought books recently on how to play his stuff. And it's wow. like, even at halftime, it's, it's really hard to follow mm-hmm. because he did a lot of things that you'd be like, okay, this run is going to kind of go like this on the pentatonic scale. Uh, but he wouldn't do it that way. He yeah. would he would make it more complex, but he would play it so fast that it sounded like mm-hmm. it, it was being played a specific way. But if you actually like really detail what he's doing, you're like, that's fucking weird. Why did he yeah. do that? Yeah. He could have 
added way like maybe four or five less notes. Yeah. It was, I don't know. It was just his style. I, I loved it. Um, and then of course, Alex Dunham from, uh, like Hoover and, uh, uh, Hoover and regulator Watts and Abilene. Yeah. But what's funny is I get asked all the time, like about Fugazi and yeah. like Fugazi being like a huge influence. It's like, man, actually, nah, yeah. not like a huge influence. And I think it was just because it was just, uh, the, the, there, I like them. I do like them. Um, but. I needed something more aggressive. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, you, by looking at me, you wouldn't think it, but I fucking love the exploited. Yeah. And it was like their aggression and they're like, I don't care. Like I loved that. Mm -hmm. Uh, DI, um, and all these like older, like old school punk bands. Like it was weird. Cause I'd be like listening like, you know, like say one of the biggest DI songs, like Richard hung himself or something like that. Yeah. And I, uh, and you'd pull up next to me like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> this, you know, a normal looking kid wearing just like, you know, khakis and some, yeah, I used to wear only Pumas, like the old school Pumas, Yeah. Pumas and, you know, blank t-shirt. Listen to, you know, whether it was like uh TSOL or listening to, uh, listening about uh fucking uh not not pedophilia but uh fucking necrophilia yeah necrophilia yeah you know and so it's it, <laughs> i can't imagine what my dad thought when i because i had a jam a boom box you know yeah. i'd be blasting these things and mm-hmm. I can't imagine like what he thought it sounds yeah. like your father had kind of the perspective of okay when i remember when i was a teenager that it, my parents were all like, this is so scandalous to, oh, that Elvis Presley shaking his hips. Oh my gosh. You Your know, parents it, were like that? No, but oh. I'm very well aware of that kind oh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. mentality. I was like, okay. And so when he has you and you're a teenager, it's all like, you know, he's just listening to stuff that's rebellious. Yeah. And it's like, I know where he is. I know what he's doing. Why not? Because Every teenager goes through a rebellion no, stage. Yeah. Um, mine was a little arrested development uh, just due to the fact that my rebellion really happened when I was in college, when I moved away. Gotcha. And my re- form of rebellion was on a Saturday morning. I would just wake up whenever I wanted to and would play PlayStation for hours and be on the internet. That was, that was, man, that was my rebellion. And also, <laughs> like, I'm not going to go to a football game. I'm just going to go... I walked, I, I drove all the way to campus because my first semester, I lived off campus, drove all the way there, and I realized that it was a little bit cooler that night than I had originally thought, and I was wearing flip-flops, and I was like, well, there's nobody here telling me I have to go to this game, so I just turned around and went home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, rebellion. <laughs> but <laughs> but I loved punk then, yeah. and I loved metal, and... I, I think I took more to metal first than punk, but yeah. it didn't turn me into some miscreant of society. For me, punk was it was it's uh I I can really relate to pain a yeah, lot. Sure. And um for me it's kind of like listening to someone tell kind of your story Mm -hmm. um you know there's there's 
there's kids that had way worse childhood than I did, but like mine was fucking rough, man. And so it's like the whole time it's like, Hey, you know, these people are, I feel like they're speaking to me. And then I felt going to shows that I was surrounded by people that came from the same circumstance. Sure. Um, Because they're talking about the emotion. Yeah. The emotion, Uh, whether, whether you were physically abused or whether, you know, you didn't have, or whether you were, didn't have your parents in your life or, or whatever. It's like, it all comes from like a background of pain sure, and just struggle. And so I really aligned myself to that. And, uh, it's funny cause to this day, like my wife and I go to like, you know, the couples counseling, you know, mm-hmm. make, make sure that we're good. You know, and yeah. that's kind of like a, an always like a, a thing that comes up is about like my upbringing and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's like, well, it's kind of hard to say that, you know, I'm going to be a more positive person because positive, you know, positivity is foreign to me, you know? Um, so when my wife talks about like, she came from a very positive family and everything like that. And so she talks about, Oh, uh, being positive and things like that. I'm like, well, that's foreign to me. So if you guys are showing me all this positivity and all this love, it's kind of like you, you beat a dog for so long then you show it love. It's confused, you know, it has nothing to do with your side of the family. Right. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, Hey, uh, so I really aligned myself to all of, all of that. And, Mm -hmm. Man, it was like, I, if I could go back in time, I would have just done it fucking earlier. Yeah, I would have quit baseball. I would have quit all that shit. I would have gave the middle finger to pretty much everybody, mm-hmm. and uh, and got involved much much sooner. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what I love about doing. Uh, you know, meeting new people, especially through like you know the yeah. the, uh, the through podcasting, is the fact that. You know, I'm talking to a bunch of people who may not have been aware of my existence or even my band's existence. Because I'm on my podcast, my band isn't really a subject of anything right. except for like when we're t- telling a story and it's relatable. Right. But um, I really make a point actually not to talk about my band because I don't want to talk about it. I try to talk about other bands as much as possible because mm-hmm. I want to talk with people about like just where they're coming from. Sure. Develop, and I want to have that community again, man. Yeah. Like, I just don't feel like it's, it's, uh, it's there, but why I, why we're kind of in a way trying to start our own like community of me having who the fuck I want on the podcast, yeah. you know, it's like, Hey, you make uh dark wave music. I had Aztec death on my last one. Right. And, uh, I wasn't, I knew of them, but I never talked to them. So I was like, let's talk to them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like whether you're an author or whether you're making weird music or you're not so weird music. It's kind of like, I just want to, you know, have like, you know, that family. Sure. Again, it's weird to think about it like that, but just everything's just so sparse all over the place. We're all busy and nice when people can sit down and talk about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We're all busy. But, you know, when we think about it, we're, we're going to die and no one's going to care. So I'm right. just trying to like, you know, have these like moments of like, yeah, we're having good times together, sure. you know? Yeah. And so it's been, it's been nice, man. I love it. You, like, I wish done, I would have done it way earlier. You've done like 30 episodes now or something? Man, uh, 20, last one was 21. Tomorrow I'll be doing the 22nd. Okay. I got to get my shit on iTunes. It's on Stitcher and all that shit, but, uh, 
fucking iTunes rejected my shit, man. No. But uh, I'll. I just got. I think I just have to fix the picture, make it a perfect. I square. think that's what it all ultimately is. I mean, that's. I I remember that was a hard thing for my podcast, also for Hope's podcast, as far as like submitting it. It's like getting. They have like these very oddly specific dimensions that they want. Correct. Yeah. And it's like well, thinking that you have just this insanely high quality resolution picture to submit for something that's just going to be essentially a square. Exactly. I, and you know what I think it was too, is like the second or third guest, it is possible too. Cause when they send you a rejection, they don't tell you why it's just your shit's rejected. And then you're like, okay, well I'll, I'll fix some things and then resubmit it. Well, that URL is dead. You can't resubmit that same URL. Really? Yeah. That's why I haven't done it. Because uh, I have to completely change the URL. Now, technically, I only have to change, like, you know, domain name, forward slash, or backslash, and the RSS. So, yeah. I instead of calling it, like, squirreling RSS, I need to ha- call it, like, something different. Squirreling pod. So, it so it sees it as a new URL. And so, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll do that. But I've just been so lazy. And the thing is, I have it on SoundCloud and I have it on Stitcher. Yeah. And you can listen to it wherever. And I'm just like, I don't, you know. It, it, come, it really comes down to this. is like, yes, people like having an RSS feed so they can subscribe. So they're not having to constantly search when a new episode runs. Yeah. But when you posted about it on social media, if you can have a way that people can just click one icon. Yeah. And pull it up right away. That's all I care about. Yeah, exactly. Like it, it, you can you can do it. Uh, like you can plug it into your your app, whatever podcast app you use, and yeah. it'll it'll update just fine, just like normal. Mm-hmm. But it's you know we went from a day of like uh, you know manually subscribing to RSS feeds to now they want a clickable event that you know just pops it into a native app that's on their yeah. phone, and so it's like oh shit, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know most. Uh, most of the phone users out there, it's, it's, there's such an overwhelming like Apple community that it's kind of like, if I did it in iTunes, it, it just kind of makes it easier. So eventually sure. I'll, I'll do it. I just, yeah. I literally just have to have, I'm talking to you, Ryan, uh, just <laughs> like have someone like make it a square without making my face look fat as fuck. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause you have a, it, it's essentially a cartoon picture of you, right? Yeah, it's a picture from me, like of me, of like five years ago when I was in Jamaica, and oh. it's like everyone's favorite picture of me, even though it doesn't really look like me anymore. Well, I looked like that for like a very short amount. Of time. It was like you clean shaven, you've yeah. got a beard, and you've got the glasses. Yeah, going. exactly. So it was just kind of like I was, and I was high as fuck <laughs> in Jamaica. In Jamaica, I, I'm yeah. surprised. It was great. Um, so. Yeah, so I haven't, uh, I haven't, I just need to update that. But I love that picture. I yeah. don't ever want to change it because right. that picture reminds me of like a point in time for like a week where I was like, like cloud nine, man. It was yeah. amazing. So I just <laughs> leave it. Yeah. And, and <laughs> when people come on and they don't, they haven't seen a picture of me, they just like, oh, this is squirreling or yeah. sterling or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> they think, they're like, am I, they, I, I was Aztec dead last time they came over and I answered the door and they're like, is, is Sterling here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I'm his yeah. assistant. Yeah. I'm his producer. I'm just going to yeah. have to sit down and get some drinks and everything. Yeah. So it's pretty funny, man. <laughs> I, but I, I fucking love that picture. Well, cause how I came 
to be aware of your stuff other than my fr- our mutual friend JT Ward yeah. posted about hey I was on this podcast and I was like ooh local guy doing a podcast yeah. and he's interviewing a lot of people I know awesome and then I find out that you were in Constance oh, boy, and yeah. then there's that picture that was floating around on MySpace where it says a picture of you I think with your back to the audience at rubber gloves and you're tapping and yeah. who is standing in front of you wearing a Jawbox shirt and looking like really blank yeah me wow <laughs> That's a, that's amazing. Like, that's, I was like 19 years old in that picture, and I'm 34 now. Okay, so I might have been like 23 or 24 yeah. at that time. It's crazy. And I, I've found that when, if like music like that really like inspires you and you keep coming back to it, you're not somebody that just kind of pops in and out, you tend to run into these people again yeah. and again. Like on the episode that we did, we talked at length about John Congleton. Yeah. yeah. And how like, oh, you were at that show. And, oh, yeah, I was at that show. And it, it it's a nice little coincidence. And I'm glad that people can find each other. Because sometimes when you, it, it's more of like you get so busy with life that you kind of shut everybody else out. And I think it's important that you not shut everybody out. Do the things that you want to do. Yeah, but in the case of like us, we play in bands, mm-hmm. um, and it's there. Are, there's still this mindset of people that think you don't make any money. Then why do you play music? It's like because uh, I've tried living without playing music, yeah. and I can't. I, I now play in two bands. I don't know if I, you, I told you this. Cave mountains and cave mountains and creatures and chemicals. Creatures and Chemicals, a okay. Ho- a horror-themed punk band. Nice. And uh, In, but, like, the vein of... Yes, Misfits. The Misfits. Okay. Yes. <laughs> uh, but our our songs don't sound just like The Misfits. That's what makes me very happy. We have some songs that kind of sound like Weezer. But, okay. But all the songs are about either movies, uh, horror movies, or inspired by horror movies. Yeah, yeah. Like... Um, like I helped write a song called "The People Under the Stairs." Oh, nice! <laughs> um, we we were working on a new song that orig- originally called "Death Elevator," uh, but that's because like we were going down in the elevator at the rehearsal space, but mm-hmm. it kept stopping every half floor, and so we thought, "Oh man, wouldn't it be shouldn't we have a song?" Where do you called guys? Where do you guys practice? Platinum. At? Where's that at? Uh, Six thirty-five in Josie. Okay, okay. I was I was just gonna say this is that we we've now changed the song title to Death in an Elevator. I like Out I of, like that a little better. Yeah. It's it's an homage to the Aerosmith song Love in an Elevator. So Oh, okay. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> that music video I when I was growing up, I liked that music video a whole lot, man. And I All the censored s- shots, yeah. Oh man, and you know what I'd get really bummed out about? This is weird that I'm thinking about this, but I used to watch Beavis and Butthead a lot. Me too. I get really upset when they'd make fun of a a band that I really liked. Yeah. I'm like fuck. Yeah. They don't like it. And it's like, <laughs> dude. Like I, I was. We were. We were watching fucking Beavis and Butthead make fun of uh, like music videos on YouTube the other day, and mm-hmm. I was just thinking, like, man, why did I care so much about what these fictional characters yeah. thought? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? That was my introduction to Jawbox. Was oh, really? Because they watched the Savory video. And and I just remember seeing the name Jawbox. And I thought, man, that's a different sort of name. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I can say this. I guess I'm going to name drop again. As someone that has had dinner with Kip Winger, 
you're not going to find a more humble, nice guy, really open-minded music fan yeah. than the lead singer of Winger. You know, and Winger was always made fun of on Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. And it turns out, like, Kip Winger is a pretty well-established classical composer. Played, I mean, like, he had, if, I don't know if Winger is technically still together now, but they're, they've kind of been off and on, but he's had, like, members of prog rock bands in his, in Winger. Yeah. That, you know, to go for the gold, you know, you have to sing a song about she's only 17, but when you have Rod Morgenstein from the Dixie Dregs playing drums, he's not going to just play boom, ch, boom, boom, ch. He's going to do, you know, stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying because there was a long time that I would get so upset with people that, that, if I really, really championed a band, they were like, yeah, that band sucks. I would be like, well, fuck you. Yeah. I was at a, I was, uh, I had a couple cases where, uh, well, Constance, uh, very yeah. first band, that's, it's, there's not really any documented crap anywhere out there about us, but, um, I have we, the CD in my house. I can go oh get it right man. now. Oh, the the one that was printed on Jeez Louise Records. Holy yes. shit! Yeah. Um, I, I need to get a copy of that from you. <laughs> uh, that that record sounds horrible. <laughs> oh my god, it, it sounds nothing like what we sounded like. But you played me that that, that EP that you guys yeah. did after that. I was like, whoa, this is it's amazing. Way different. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, imagine what a good recording can do. But um, yeah. What was I say? Oh, I was at a party one time, and someone introduced me to someone else, and they said, "Yeah, Sterling, he plays in a band called Constance." And they thought that I had said, or that I just went and saw Constance. And the yeah. guy was like, "Oh, oh, man, Constance fucking sucks." <laughs> and uh, and I just started laughing. And my buddy Brian, who introduced me to this guy, was just started laughing. He's like, "No, no, no, he's in Constance." The dude's like tone immediately yeah. changed. Like, oh no, oh, I didn't oh, mean oh, that. I, and I, I was mean like, that. I don't care. Yeah, like I don't care. Like you, you, can... you tend to find that people will be like, "Yeah, we sucked." You yeah, know, it's, it's like, yeah, that that show it sucked. You yeah, know? I but, like. I will say, man, like I really for what we were doing. I, I man, I I still back it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I liked it. Um, the one time I saw y'all at Rubber Gloves, it was quite good. It's just I, I didn't understand why in the middle of it, uh, Jordan unbuckled his pants. Jordan was a weird guy. Uh, well, weird uh, weird singer. Um, and I think I'm going to blame too many YouTube at the drive-in videos. Because, <laughs> um, you know, when we were playing, um, that was, you know the biggest thing was like at the driving was no longer a band as of, I don't know how many years they went on indefinite hiatus in 2002. Okay. We, that's around the time we started playing heavily in like 2003 or four. Yeah. So it's kind of like the, like, you know, they broke up now they're big. And so now the, everything is focused on that. Everyone's emulating that. You're right. And I just didn't, I think that's where he got it from. That's the only thing that I can make sense of is that he just was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do crazy shit yeah. and sing and draw attention away from the fact that, like, I forget half the lyrics and <laughs> everything like that. And so, I, yeah, I, th- I, th- I, I think it was kind of like, eh, and 
things were actually towards the end starting to go really well for that band. Um, and then, you know, broke up. Yeah. Hey, it happens. It happens, man. Um, and then, you know, it was it, I was in band, I was bandless for like, I don't know, years, like two, three, four five. I have no idea. Yeah. But then I start, and then I was not an original member of broadcast C really. Um, but you were just brought in because it was like, hey, can you sing? Or like, no, no, it's like, can oh, you play bass? Can you play bass? That's right. And then uh, we, we sounded completely different. And what's funny is there were, I was talking with a buddy of mine, Andy. He still has like the first recordings when we had like a piano player and everything yeah. like that. And he was like, you guys are fucking amazing. And then we didn't sound like like once certain members were kicked out, not yeah. by me. Yeah. But when certain members are kicked out, as I'm kicking my mic stand, <laughs> on, on the then it was like Sterling, will you sing? I was like, bitch, I've never sang. Like, yeah. I don't know how to do that. And mm-hmm. uh, so, just I, I'll never forget the first show that I played, and I just sang, and I I didn't have the um, I didn't understand uh, uh, vocal level. Yeah. So I was just like, ah, you know, as loud yeah. as I could. Yeah. And I was like. People were like, yeah, I could hear you. But the guy was just kind of kept turning down <laughs> the mic. Uh, so, yeah, that was my introduction to it. And then from there, it's just kind of like uh, people or people, friends um, were like, I love your vocals. I was like, really? <laughs> I don't I don't think they're spectacular whatsoever. Yeah. And they were like, no, 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 amazing. So they kind of feed like an ego of like, oh, not an ego, but they kind of right. feed me into like, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. So I really have no idea. I th- I personally am like, I'm not good. Um, mm-hmm. it, Dave actually sent me a recording recently of Partaker playing at Double Wide. And I was like, yeah, yeah. I think I suck right here. Like real bad. Yeah. Um, I don't know. My I think my friends are just blowing smoke in my ass, <laughs> you know. But as long as I keep doing it, I'll, uh, I guess I'll keep singing. Well, what <laughs> I have found as far as being a singer, you know, I, I don't. Well, okay. How would I describe it? In Cave Mountains, I will sing backing vocals, and on one song, Nick sings the first part of of a verse. Yeah, and I like and and I like we do call and response. It's yeah. very much like how Braid was doing stuff. You know, it's gotcha, like Bob yeah. Nano and, and then Chris Broach would be like, ah, you know, and that kind of stuff. And I would have to say. Um, that comes down to this and with doing singing is that what gave me confidence was from two places first it was seeing a friend of mine i'm not going to name his name because i don't want to ruin the friendship but uh i saw him play with his band he's not a local guy he's he's from up north all I'm going to say. Uh, and I saw him play, and he seemed like he had no care to sing anywhere on key. Yeah. Not like, not, and it was like singing. It wasn't, it was, yeah. it was just, it was an emo band, and okay. he was just not trying to sing on key. And, and here I am standing right in front of him, right in front of the mic. And I thought, geez, what's the difference between him and me? And it's like, where the microphone is pointed. And so I, th- I saw that, and then Dave Grohl gave this really, really wonderful speech at South by Southwest a number of years ago. It's like, 
doesn't matter if you're if you think your voice is good or bad it's your voice and so use it so i thought oh okay then i did punk rock karaoke a few times and the thing about doing punk rock karaoke and i'm talking like the local version of it not the national touring band version the local version where it's it's the band the mumbles and you get up there and they have a list of like 60 songs to play and um I've got up there and I sang Rise Above by Black Flag. Nice. And uh I just went went full on and people and I'm like seeing people like screaming along and I'm like hell yeah. And I and I did punk rock karaoke a few more times and it was just more about like it doesn't matter about singing correctly on key. Like yeah. this is American Idol. It's just more of like no, can you sell it? Can you sell what you are saying? Yeah, and I mean, I, I you see some people get up there in, at punk rock karaoke, and they're all like nervous, and oh, I don't know, oh, god. oh I totally missed this. Oh my god, oh my god, I'm, uh, oh, oh, could we start over? Yeah, could we? St-? And I'm like, no, get up there and sing, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what gave me the confidence that I don't think I have a great voice, but now I don't cringe when I hear my voice. Because when Cave Mountains was recording our record uh, mm-hmm. last summer with Jordan Richardson, Nick sings almost all the songs. And he was really trying to focus on making everything sound right. And, uh, you know, I just step up to the vocals. And Jordan's like, so you want to sing too? And it's like, yeah, I, I sing like the half half of the verses. And um, I'm proud to say that we got through it very quickly. I don't. I'm not embarrassed by the vocals that yeah. are on the song Take What's Mine. And I and the most important thing, I didn't blow my voice out. Yeah. I think that's what took me a long time to really understand is That's like a skill, man. How to sing and yeah. not blow your voice out. I get that question uh all the time. Yeah. Like how do you do that without straining your voice? Uh and I don't it's like a weird like like yeah. it's like a I don't know. It's like when a snake unhinges its jaw and it's yeah. like swallowing. It's I do something like that, and it just I I can go all day, all night doing I've, it. I've heard it's this thing about <clears throat> singing in, in the front of your mouth instead of the back <clears throat> of your throat. You yeah, I mean? some like that. And uh, also too, it's like when I'm singing, I'm also concentrating on like as air passes through my throat. This is weird to say, weird to kind of describe, but not make that air. Uh, rattle too much that's weird I, it's hard yeah. to explain but I try to make it very like <sighs> like a very smooth thing mm-hmm. so I'm able to do it a lot um, and as far as like being comfortable with it like I'm 100% comfortable with it and it doesn't like I'm not nervous to do it I do have a very weird style in which yeah. I record mm-hmm. my vocals um, because of the fact that whenever I play I have a I have an anxiety disorder that kind of keeps me from like what's funny is if looking at me right now you'd yeah. be like oh Sterling has eye issues or mm. he wears corrective lenses I actually don't mm. these are like a, they have a like a coating on them that kind of like blocks out like bright lights yeah. but at the same time they it provides me of like a this is weird. It's like a shield yeah. of me versus the outside world. So it feels, I feel comfortable. I've noticed that I don't really have 
panic attacks while I have them on. Yeah. Um, so I uh, I close my eyes a lot, but when I record, I I take all my clothes off except for my boxers. Yeah, and that's how I record vocals. And I've done it since I started doing vocals. Hmm. Um, I remember the first time I ever did vocals, we were recording with uh, Congleton. Yeah. And uh, he was like, what are you doing? I was like, "This, I think this is going to make me feel comfortable. He's like, whatever makes you feel comfortable, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. He's like, but why? And I was like, well, they're all looking at me while yeah. I'm going to be doing vocals. If they're laughing at me, yeah. like my appearance then they're not really concentrating on what I'm like doing. Yeah. So kind of makes me feel more comfortable to be them to be look at me while I'm in a booth or whatever, like singing or what I call singing. And then uh, they're looking at me and they're laughing and they're not concentrating on it. And then when we listen back to it, Oh yeah, it sounded good. That was hilarious though, what you were doing this. And that's what makes it easy for me to kind of like do it. Yeah, and what's funny is the Partaker record that all the vocals on that record, I didn't. They were like one hit quit. Like yeah. I didn't. It took me to do all, you know, however many tracks are on that record. It, I did it in. It was like one take, pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like on to the next, on to the next. Yeah. <clears throat> but you know, with what I do, it's not like. Law. What I have found, and this happens almost every time I watch Manchester City play, is for some reason I get so caught up. There's the nervousness of watching City play, no matter who they're playing, whether it's Liverpool, Man United, or Newcastle. There's there's nerves going on. Sure. So then friends want to sing these funny chants, and what I tend to do is sing way out of my register. Because yeah. it's, you know, like singing, Manchester, la, 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 Manchester, yeah. something like that, which is just going to wreck my voice. Also, we're all drinking beer, yeah. and that doesn't help. But then if I sang it in my, my normal, like, singing voice, uh, I wouldn't have a blown-out voice. That I mean, like, here's the first world problem about tomorrow. City's playing Cardiff. I'm going to watch my voice. And not screw it up because Cardiff, yeah, Cardiff. They, it's the FA Cup. Oh, okay. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah, they're not in the Premier League. Okay. Um, <clears throat> but the way that City's been playing some of these like uh, Champions League or Championship uh, teams, they're better than Premier League teams. So, yeah. so it's like definitely giving City a good uh, what's run. The, but what's the like B team of Premier League? Oh, EFL. That's, that's uh champ. Uh, championship league there's the champions league and then there's the championship. championship i think it's like efl championship yeah. or something like that yeah but the only reason i know that is because i i'm addicted to fifa yeah the video game so my thing <clears throat> is is like i'm gonna have my nerves going mm-hmm. and i just don't want to blow out my voice the thing is right as we get home i gotta go to band practice and i gotta go to cape mountains practice yeah because in creatures and chemicals uh, I just play drums. Oh, okay. But in Cave Mountains, I switch between drums and bass and occasionally sing. Yeah. If if I think of something like, hey, this would be good to add to this song. But for the most part, you know, Nick is the lead singer. But we even had this discussion. We had This is the first time I've like really enjoyed this about a band. We all got together at Willis's house 
sat down and just talked about what we wanted to do for the rest of the year and into next year. And I, I suggested this idea of, would you be comfortable if I sang a song by myself? And they're like, oh, that's a great idea. I'm like, I'm in the right band. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of being like, no, I am the singer of this band. I write all the songs. I write all the lyrics. <laughs> and you're not allowed to do anything. Shit, I wish, man. Like, you know, that's it's kind of like since I started playing music, it's always been the Sterling's going to write, you know, the lyrics, the guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, on this self record, I wrote some of the bass. Like, basically, I'll come in with an idea of the bass line. Yeah. I'll play it for Scott. Sometimes he changes it. Sometimes he doesn't. Yeah. Um, and the way I'm writing this new, the way I'm writing the new record is basically I'm doing everything digitally. Um, I bought a new interface and all of this and all these plugins. So. I'm yeah. writing the drums, everything. Yeah. And then basically completing a song, then presenting it to the band. And yeah. that makes it super easy to say, oh, well, now we know uh, the cohesive idea you have going on. Because the biggest problem is I play with insanely talented, uh, uh, an insanely talented bass player and drummer right. who play in a very insanely talented metal band. Bearing teeth. Yeah. And so for them... If a part repeats, like, it's like, well, why are we repeating this part? <laughs> you know, or it's kind of like, hey, uh, I play a six string and do all this crazy shit here. Yeah. Um. So I kind of, if I can present a, a cohesive idea at once, it helps them put it in perspective and be like, oh, okay, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, yeah this sounds great. Mm-hmm. Okay, but if I presented it just the guitar part, they'd be like, we play that part too long. Yeah. That I found that trick like actually really recently when I presented them a, like a full song and they're like, Oh yeah. And I was like, we repeat this one part so long and they didn't even notice. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. You know, so well, yeah. what what is the status of the next record? Um, this current- is like the proper radio interview part. Oh, right. Sterling, you play <laughs> this band car taker. And so tell us about the new record and when's it going to be coming out? And are you guys going to go on tour later on this year? Uh, we're, we're, so the new record's called what falls from the lion's mouth. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, um, we're just going to, it, I'm currently in the, we're currently in the process of writing it and I'm currently in the process of revising because right as it sits right now, there's 18 songs. Wow. Yeah, I write very fast. Okay. The problem is I write so fast that I'll write a song that basically I'm working on the whole song, and I'll write this other part, and I was like, mm, I want to take that out and make it a separate song. Yeah. A perfect example of that is the very first Broadcast C uh, album. Mm-hmm. It's all in one key. Um, I wrote it in one key for a reason, but we just I just kept riffing and riffing on basically one idea and it came out to be a whole record. But yeah, so with this, I'm uh, uh, still working on it, hopefully to uh, record it uh, later this year. And then uh, we're, we're playing some of the new stuff live. Yeah. Kind of testing the waters on it. Right. Um, but yeah, I want to uh, want to get in, record it and then have... Uh, Someone put it out. Biggest problem was the last album that we put out. There were a lot of conversations that were like, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And none of it ever happened. Um, Yeah. 
what's funny is like uh, one of the biggest things is is you know late and I from my past labels shell out a lot of money for promotion and they they pay to have people review your shit you know and then when you when that's not there your shit ain't getting reviewed unless mm-hmm. someone just genuinely likes your shit yep so we found that um in Europe uh especially Poland um <laughs> people are really digging us and uh which makes complete sense because like I, Hoover and all those bands they were huge there yeah um and so you know we'll do like Google Translate you know and say oh man they really liked it that's awesome and then yeah. we ended up like most of our records have been sold over there so yeah. um but yeah it's just a matter of you know keep keep I love what I do and mm-hmm. so we just keep uh, keep playing and, you know, support us. Uh, the great thing lately is the past year, I've seen a huge increase in support, not just for what my band does, but for other bands that, like, I'm in arm's length of, you know? Yeah. I like to see that, you mm-hmm. know? Like, people supporting other, other people. I've been trying to go to more shows and getting out more, things like that, you know? Sure. But yeah, that's pretty much the status of uh, Bartaker. Um, I I hear you about the whole thing about just trying to get people to listen to your music. Because my goal for both of my bands and all my writing has been people other than my closest friends and family check it out. Um, Yeah. It's like, it's been cool that. uh, Central Track did a little plug of the Cave Mountains EP. Good. You know, we didn't submit it. We didn't be like, please, please, will you listen to our music? Yeah. It was uh, <laughs> Mikel Galicia, I believe you pronounce his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just did a roundup and just plugged our 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 six song awesome, record man. on on Bandcamp. I mean, which was just great. Yeah. Um, there's but. There's also this weird thing about it, and I'm not going to name the name of the blog that did this, but we got compared to Typo Negative on this one blog. It's oh. not a local blog, okay. but I was like, Typo Negative? Hmm. But but then again, you just kind of have to give it to the... Uh, you go where... The the frame of reference. And if... So, like, imagine someone heard... Uh, I hate to use it, but it's probably one of the most obvious, but at the drive-in for the first time. Yeah. Imagine what everyone's take on what it sounds like is, you know? And mm-hmm. so if someone doesn't know, like, your reference or where you're coming from or what's, you know... Yeah. What that whole deal, like, they can only use what they know. So it's like, if they know typo negative, then, oh, yeah, they have this. And they'll find a way to make it relate. You right. Know? You want to hear a funny thing that was it hasn't really been repeated since like 1998 99 yeah but but people's first impression of at the drive-in it was mine as well as the guy that there was a guy that played in a punk band that would often come into the best buy i worked at we would Mm -hmm. talk about music and he was telling me about oh man this is there's this amazing band called at the Mm -hmm. drive-in they've signed with fearless records and you know they're very different than um fearless records bands and i was like okay and he's like yeah the singer sounds like share i was like hmm. really but then i listened to in casino out that was the new record yeah at the time and i'm like yeah i can hear you know 
Yeah, I never, I never yeah. thought about that. Yeah, so yeah. that that's something that people don't really talk about. I think when Relationship of Command came out, people were all like, man, these guys are like Rage Against the Machine because they toured with Rage Against the Machine. Oh, really? I didn't even and, know that. Yeah. Yeah, Jim Ward told me some pretty interesting stories about opening for Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> I bet, man. But, uh, but yeah, and... It, it, it just comes down to like you're going to get compared to like all sorts of bands and you can't help but notice that when a like a pretty lengthy press release goes out, you tend to see that kind of the information in that gets repeated, not just where it was recorded and who's in the band, but also like, hmm, you know, your band sounds like this and that and this. It's, it's like when I tell people what does Cave Mountain sound like, I say Nirvana Bleach meets mind spiders yeah that, that's it but that's that's what we sound like on that on our first record yeah tomorrow we have like 12 songs in various stages of development that we've also been working on since the beginning and none of them sound like mind spiders meets bleach era yeah. nirvana so I you mean, get comfortable with writing uh in yeah. in a band um like for me Personally, um, I've never made it past the second record with the band. Yeah. We've recorded a second record and then it's always like kaput. But that second record for everything I've ever done has always been so much better. Like so strong. And then Broadcast C got so close to getting to that third record and the shit we were writing is some of the best shit I've ever written. So when it comes to, you know, what I'm doing currently, that's, it's the same, same thing. It's like you get comfortable with the, what you're writing because I've never written the same style between bands. Mm -hmm. It's within the same vein, but it's a very different style. Right. Uh, And so I feel as though the longer you're a band, the more comfortable you are and the better and better and better the songs get. Sure. You know, there's still, there's still gold in the, in the early stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. One thing I will say about like people listening to your music and everything like that, you keep at it and it's not horrible. Like you can play your instruments and you're cohesive and you have a solid sound. Yeah. People are naturally going to find out who the fuck you are. Yeah. And it's, and it's uh, you know, it's one, one of the, it's, it's hard because as you see bands like you're, you know, you think of, um, I guess a good uh, an, an example off the top of my head of, of a friend's band is my buddy Riley. His band's doing great, right? So his band's Riley doing, Gale of Power, Power Trip. Trip. Yeah, his <laughs> band's doing great. Yeah. Um, and I remember when he started that band years and years ago. It had been such a long time since I'd talked to him. Um, but the thing is, you look at where they are and you're like, Oh man, I want to, I want to have that interaction or the, that many people coming out to the shows. They've been a band for 10 plus years, you know, Yeah. as long as you are a cohesive unit and you don't sound like just utter garbage, you know, um, there's, it will naturally come. Now I can't yeah. promise you it's naturally going to come in a wave of like now 500 kids are showing up to your shows, but people will naturally start, getting into it and i'm actually seeing it happen with what i'm doing currently right now and it's nice because it's very organic yeah 
Um, I love that. I don't, yeah. I don't necessarily need, I don't need someone to write what they think about what I'm doing. That doesn't really matter to me because I've seen it in the past. Like when we were on the label, uh, a, a nice size label and they paid all this money and the, you know, you were getting a write up in like AP magazine, if that's still a thing. Yes, nowadays. it is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's crazy to see that. Like, mm-hmm. it was just like crazy to see that. Yeah. Um, but I look at it and I'm like, there were people here that really, that got into Partaker because of what I did in the past and they liked what I did. Yeah. And it's amazing. You know, mm-hmm. like, I, like things like that. I, man, I appreciate the shit out of that. Mm-hmm. And so I'm all about making, and if someone wants to write a, a good or bad thing about this, hell yeah. But like, you know, naturally it'll, it'll naturally come. You just keep playing. Yeah. Um, keep writing music and it'll naturally come. Yeah. I can't say now, you know, again, I'm not gonna promise, Hey, cave mountains in, a, in like four years, you're going to have like 500 <laughs> kids at shows, but, um, people will be interested. And I am making a conscious effort to try to promote that and to support that natural growth. Sure. You know, um, I'm all about that shit. Yeah. Uh, Cause man, I I was talking with Aztec Death my last podcast, and they were talking about their show turnouts in Dallas. Yeah, I was like, okay, let me let me put it to you this way: if you have, you know, something accessible to you like all the time, like the internet, yeah, you're you use it, whatever, you don't think about it. But as soon as you don't have it, you're like, fuck. What yeah. the fuck am I gonna do? Right. But you slept fine the night that you had it, but now that you like your internet, like say uh you're my next door neighbor and you clip the optical line. Yeah. Um <laughs> you know, and you're like, oh my god, what do I do? Yeah. It's the same thing with like local music. Right. A lot of times you're playing, you know, once a month, you know, right. maybe twice a month, maybe more. And people are like, No, oh, okay, well, they're local. I can see them anytime. But as soon as you venture outside of there. That's yeah. when you see that people are like, I have to see this because it is a thing where I don't get a chance to see them every you know month. Right. So I, I did try to, you know, I was, we were talking about that. I was like, so you guys play the armory or, you know, one of the King Campbell shows or something like that. And, you know, people are like, okay, yeah, yeah. I like Aztec death. So, and also too, it's really hard to know what, how I guess your band is perceived when you're in your band. Yeah. Because no one's going to like, you know, your friends are going to be supportive of you. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, for instance, JT's a good example. Yeah. West windows, the West windows, like they've been a band for a long time. And I remember Alex, uh, Alex Bohr played them for me when we were recording and I was like, Oh man, I really like these guys. We ended up talking. I was talking with JT, and he was like, I just, no, you know, no one cares. I was like, uh, yeah, no, no, people do care. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just, you're too close to it. You don't know. And people aren't coming up to you and being like, I care. Yeah. You know, I care. That was me. one of the greatest shows yeah. I've ever seen. <clears throat> no, you don't hear that. No, no. You know, now when you're, when you, be, when you transcend to become like more of a national act, and that kind of changes. Yeah. Um, but still, locally, I, I still think it's one of those things. And I, I, I would like to see, you know, I try to tell people when I go see them fucking amazing. Um, and I try to even give them, you know, constructive criticism, you know, like if they weren't happy with like, Oh, I felt like this went like this. I was like, 
Um, I went and saw Oliver do a spoken word pretty recently. Yeah. The first time he'd ever done it. Right. And uh, he he made it through it. It was his first time to do it. He asked me what I thought. And I said, I would start, if you're going to start doing this, I would start speaking to a metronome. And he's like, why? <laughs> I was like, because every musician knows your first show, Yeah. you have like a BPM of like, let's say 120. All of a sudden the drummer gives you that click and it's at 175. And you're like, whoa, that's way too fast. You know, it's your nerves, your nerves. So if you get used to like, and just, you know, chilling and speaking, Mm -hmm. cause he, he was very much rushing. And like, I was like, the big thing about poetry, man, is the, the pronunciation and the closure, you know, Mm -hmm. the closure of each phrase. And when you just kind of read through it very fast, you're kind of like, it doesn't give off that effect. Yeah. It's like, if you heard someone read the Robert Frost poem, it's like, um, I chose the path, let's travel. And it made all the difference. Yeah. It wouldn't have that same kind of effect. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Like whenever I read, this is a good example, whenever I read comics. Yeah. Um, I really take my time and ingest the picture and ingest like what's being said and the action right. that's happening. Um, so it's kind of the same thing, you know? So mm-hmm. if like someone's like, I f- it, now if someone's like, I fucked up on this part, I am one thing my go-to is, guess what? No one knew, you <laughs> yeah. know, expe- Oh, I love when, when bearing teeth, I watch bearing teeth play and they're yeah. like, oh, we played so bad. We fucked up on so many parts. I was like, great thing about your band is the fuck up sound. Like you should be fucking up. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. Oh yes. That, Oh man, that was so dissonant. What, what, what's funny <laughs> is that when creatures and chemicals practices, uh, pretty frequently the, uh, Adam, I mean, we're just practicing Adam, our guitarist yeah. will say like, yeah, I totally fucked up. I was playing like half of the, chorus on that one verse and it's like i didn't really tell yeah because it when i'm playing drums i am mainly focusing on being locked in with the guitar and bass mm-hmm. as well as nick the singer but i'm not being all like hmm, i don't know i heard an extra note there you <laughs> fucked up man yeah <laughs> you know you suck <laughs> and it, 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 i mean like thankfully i've never been called on the carpet about like dude why'd you hit your hi-hat open instead of a crash what the fuck dude yeah you're fucking it up no i mean it the whole reason why you practice is so that you can work up to a point that you are okay to present yourself in front of other people yeah yeah and and at the same time if you ever get nervous about playing in front of people fuck them yeah because you're not doing it for them yeah i always say to myself just do it like how you didn't practice and yeah. but the funny thing is and this this happened with the Cave Mountain show we played last fall was uh, a part that we had never, ever messed up in practice. We messed up at the show. Oh, wow. (laughs) And like, I think Ryan and Willis were really embarrassed by it, but I was just like, Hey, we're just playing to our friends. Yeah. And it's not like it's the end of the world. (laughs) Cause we messed up. It was just more of like, I think Ryan just couldn't hear where we were in the song. And so yeah. like there's this one part where he he introduces a new riff at the it's it's the outro riff. Sure. And so like Nick Willis and I all stop and I just like I turn over to Ryan cuz I, I like to I like to be animated when I play. Yeah. Whether it's drums or bass. I don't want people to just watch somebody be like I'm bored. Why am I up here? <laughs> Man, I I miss it, doing that so much. I miss it. 
I can't do it though because I I gotta sing. Yeah. And I gotta fucking do my foot wankery pedals and and it's like when I was in Constance, oh, it was amazing because I didn't have to do shit but yeah. play guitar, do all and those tappings. I could do all this <laughs> insane stuff, and I was like, yeah, and just rock it out. Right. And then now I'm like, whoa, whoa, got to be close to the mic, got to be close <laughs> to the mic. Yeah. Um, so I I don't know, like when you're when you're playing live and and you're nervous about something, like yeah. for me, the biggest problem I have is since I have this like anxiety problem. Yeah. While I play, literally what's going through my head is my mind is telling me, Hey, remember to do this part. And then remember to do this part while I'm singing, while I'm playing. And it's like, how, okay, now let's check on your anxiety level. How are you anxiety wise? So I normally just close my eyes while I play. Yeah. So I don't have to think about like, what happens if I have a panic attack on stage? Like, <laughs> and those, uh, those, it's, it, it's like the worst, but yeah. you know, but no, man, I give anyone who will get up on stage and present their art. Like it's, it takes balls to do it mm-hmm. and I'll never make fun of anyone that does it. Now I may be like, God, why are you guys doing this? Yeah. But you know, other than that, yeah, you got the balls to get on stage. You did it. Yeah. Everything's great. So, Man, you know what's crazy is uh, I wasn't able to make it to that Red Animal War show. Neither I, was I. Oh, really? Yeah, it was just cutting too close to Christmas. Uh, yeah, that's that's. I tried to have Justin on my podcast because I wanted to. There's a couple of people that I want to say thank you to. Yeah, and he's one. Yeah, because I was in punk, I was really into punk rock when I saw Red Animal War. Yeah. But um, they were the first band outside of a friend's band that I had seen, I saw play and made me feel as though we can totally do this, Sterling. Yeah. We can do this. Yeah. You can use the audience as a form of therapy to, yeah. <laughs> to like just spew out your shit. Yeah. Um, and tomorrow I get to say thanks to a person who gave us our first, I won't say like shot or my first shot or whatever, but my, my first boost of you can, someone outside of your friend group, uh, believes in you enough to put at least a penny behind what you are doing in an effort to put it out there. Right. That to me is huge. Um, you know, if anyone comes up, like if anyone ever comes up to me and is like buys my record or, or, or uh, you know, says whether it's positive or negative, I don't care, but just has the, you know, balls to come up to me and say something yeah. about like what I'm doing. Right. Uh, man, I, I love it. I love it. It makes me feel as though, because I use it as a form of therapy, Mm-hmm. to kind of like not go insane um which is interesting enough is i started having the anxiety like really bad when i before partaker because i hadn't been in a band yeah and so now that i'm in now i'm playing it's like gradually getting better and better yeah so yeah it's crazy um but yeah i'm all about it i'll you know like i said oh gosh like i told you we'll we'll play uh whenever you guys want we can play uh book a show yeah play whenever 
You get to see me make all my funny faces while I play bass or drums. Man, the <laughs> the dumbest the 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 dumbest like faces I've ever seen. Right. I I watched uh, Arab on Radar play, okay. and it was some of the dumbest faces. <laughs> Their lead singer at one point was going like, I don't know if you've ever heard him, but they're like pretty uh, noisy and. I don't know. It's it's just something you got to experience. And okay. It was crazy, but I I loved them. But yeah. yeah. Shit. Well, where do you want to be found on the internet? Plug your podcast. Plug your band. Oh, shit, uh, give man. us links um, as we wind things yeah. down. Um. Well, the podcast is Squirreling Podcast, so it's just my first name, except Squirreling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I originally did it to hide my identity, but yeah. no, I don't care. I'm um, not Sterling. I'm squirreling. Um, it was just to hide my identity for like my professional job reasons. But right. um, squirrelingpodcast.com. It's on, uh, you know, you can find it on uh, SoundCloud as well. Um, partakerband.com. Uh, and, you know, all this social media that goes along with it. It's not sure. hard if you search like Partaker Band and right. find all the social media. Right. But yeah, you can find us all through there. And okay. uh, yeah. That's pretty much it. Awesome. And yeah, this is, it's been great to do another podcast. And yeah, man. I'm glad that you were able to come on down. And I have, I have at least one more uh, guest in, in the meantime. I, it, it's, sometimes it can just be hard to like, who do I want to sit down and talk to? Dude, so. <laughs> it is, it is insanely hard. Um, the holidays were a reason for me to just not ask anyone. Right. Um, but it's, it's hard because one, you're reaching out to people you don't know. Right. They don't know you and you're like, Hey, do you want to come on my podcast? And they could be like, mm, fuck you. You yeah. know? Um, but I, I just started approaching it as they don't want to come on. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so I just started reaching out to people I didn't know that I yeah. was like, either I was a, f- a fan of or not a, I just want to get to know them. Sure. So, you know, um, but it, dude, the scheduling sucks too, you yeah. know, like you can, cause you think about it, it's like, if you want to do a podcast next weekend, you got to get on the ball of starting to ask people right now. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, it's like, if they're like, oh, I can't do it till next month, then you're like, okay, well let's go ahead and book a date. Yeah. You know, so that can be yeah. tough too. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you all for listening to another episode of Do You Know Who You Are? You can check us out on iTunes, Stitcher. Um, we're, we're still on SoundCloud. As long as SoundCloud is in business, I still want to <laughs> give them money because it's a pretty good service. That was yeah. another thing about why I was hesitant to do another podcast episode for a while is that I was concerned that SoundCloud was going to go under. And I'm like, do I have to sign up for Libsyn? Do I have to do something yeah. else? So, But we're still on SoundCloud. And uh, you can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash do you know pod. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, E R I C underscore G R U B B S, you can read me on themeparkexperience.com. That's my personal blog. You can also read all my stuff on the Dallas Observer. Um, just type in Dallas Observer Eric Grubbs, and my, my author page should show up like in the first result or so. But, uh, yeah, Sterling, thank you so much for coming by. Dude, thanks for having me. I'm and just giving some dogs love. Yes, right uh, they have been really high maintenance about it today. So, anyway, folks, enjoy. And thanks again for listening to another episode of Do You Know Who You Are? I'm Peace, your host, bitches. I'm your host, Eric Grubbs. Peace. <laughs>